Freshly Grounded. I'm your host, Brian Willie, along with my co-host, John Kessler. Episode 33 features former NFL quarterback, Kelly Holcomb. Kelly talks about his life in football growing up, the impact quarterbacks such as Peyton Manning had on his development, his transition to the NCAA and NFL, and the creation of a mindset needed to be successful as a backup quarterback when his aspirations were to be a starter. Don't forget to check out our website at igfootballcoach.com for all our latest blog posts and podcast episodes. Also, it'd be much appreciated if you could leave us a review on iTunes to help us grow and share our program with others. Coaches, be sure to check out the South Dakota Football Coaches Association Clinic hosted at South Dakota State from March 23rd through March 24th, which features keynote speakers such as Jerry Kill and Gene Chiswick. For more information on how you can attend this great event, go to www.sdhsca.org. This episode of Intentionally Grounded is brought to you by GoRoute. GoRoute brings practice efficiency into the 21st century with on-field digital wrist coaches. Trusted at practice by more than 350 high schools and 30-plus FBS and FCS teams, GoRoute allows coaches to instantly send scout cards and installs to players so they can stay up-tempo all practice without the need for binders or managing multiple huddles. Compatible with all major play-drawing systems and hand-drawn cards, GoRoute teams routinely double or triple their practice reps daily. If you value practice time and want the best preparation, then you need to go to no scout cards with GoRoute. Learn more at www.goroute.com. That is G-O-R-O-U-T.com. And email at sales at goroute.com or call 866-777-1448. Episode 8 of Season 2 of Intentionally Grounded with Kelly Holcomb starts now. Well, Kelly, introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit about your football background. Uh, Kelly Holcomb. I live in Murfreesboro, Tennessee now. I, um, you know, grew up playing in a small town here about 50 miles south. Uh, was, was fortunate enough to win a state championship. And then I went to a uh, school that where I live at now, Middle Tennessee State University, and uh, played four years there. Uh, started as a true freshman, which was, you know, I think about that now and it's kind of unheard of. I, I can't believe that I did that, but uh, then you look at uh, you look at the kid from Clemson, and man, he's at a Division One school. And he does that, uh, you know, he does it pretty. Wins a national championship, which is unbelievable. Yeah, I, I started as a true freshman, and then uh, had a great four-year career here, and then uh, was was fortunate enough to go on and play uh, play 13 years in the National Football League. So that um, you know, that's kind of my background in a nutshell. Kelly, you grew up in Fayetteville, Tennessee. Um, what was your high school experience like playing football, and how did the game help mold you into the player that you became today? Uh, well, yeah, I grew up in Fayetteville. We, we always had a really good tradition there. We started, uh, you know, the high school that I was at started back in, it started a long time ago. It was just central, but then they changed to Lincoln County high school and, and, uh, back in the early eighties. And, um, they had a coach there named John Meadows who came from Huntsville, who was a really good coach, a really well-known coach down there. And he, uh, we, we only, we only went from 10th grade to 12th grade in my high school. So we didn't start as freshmen. We had we had a junior high, we called it. So we only started, we only went 10th through thir- uh, 10th through 12th grade. So uh, when I started, he was the head coach. And then he, uh, he retired a year after I, uh, after I had started. And then my, uh, my junior, my senior year, we got a guy named Lewis Thompson who had, who had played for Bear Bryant uh, on his national championship teams with Joe Namath and all those guys. And uh, he's actually from Lebanon, Tennessee, which is really close to where I'm, where I live now. And, um, you know, Coach, Coach Thompson was kind of a different – he was a different mold than Coach Meadows was. He was uh, 
you know, coming from Bear Bryant, he had, uh, he had a lot of different philosophies and, uh, you know, he was a very disciplined guy. And the one thing that I remember, he always talked about being classy. He always, you know, I'm sure Coach Bryant talked about being classy, but he wanted us to be classy. Everything we did, you know, do it to the best of our ability and be classy about it. And, you know, he taught me a lot. Uh, he taught me the game of football. He taught us the game of football. He taught us what it was, what it meant to be, you know, to work as a team. And I think that's where football, I, I don't think there's any greater, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but I don't think there's any greater greater game out there than the game of football. It still teaches so many life lessons, and that's what Coach Thompson did. He, he molded us into something we weren't very good as juniors, but then as seniors, uh, I can remember being on a bus and coming back after we played a little bowl game after that, and we actually won the bowl game. But uh, we came back and we said we're going to win the state championship the next year, and lo and behold, we did. Uh, you know, it came with a lot of hard work, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears, a lot of guys believing in each other, and uh, we had a great year, and, uh, you know, it was all spurred on by, by my coach and, you know, the, the, the things and the uh, character that he instilled in our team. So it was, uh, it was a great experience for me. Kelly, you've mentioned a few of the coaches that influenced you in your high school experience. If you look back at your entire football playing career, who are some of the coaches maybe outside of high school who have had the greatest impact on you? Well, the, the the coaches that really had an impact on me were my, you know, co- obviously Coach Thompson I talked about in high school. But, uh, uh, you know, when I went to college, uh, my head coach was very demanding. Uh, you know, a lot of guys nowadays could not have played for him. Uh, he was he was tough, but I, I you know times were different and that different and that's what I tell kids all the time. When I grew up, times were different and it's it's different. It was different back then than it is now. And and uh, you know he was very demanding. He was hard. He was really hard, but he was always fair. And you always knew what you were going to get with him. Uh, you know when I played there, uh, I really didn't. Um, you know he he was. You know, he was so demanding that uh, you didn't really understand as a young kid what he was doing. And then my quarterback coach, who, who you know, is like my second dad, uh, I still talk to him on a weekly basis, uh, still, you know, go out to eat lunch with him, uh, you know, to this day. Uh, he, was, he was really the inspiration for me. But I remember one day when he said, you'll go back in there one day and you'll tell Coach Donnelly, because Coach Donnelly was my – my head coach, he said, you'll tell him just how much you appreciate what he did for you. And I looked at my coach, my, my quarterback coach was, was Alex Robbins was his name. I said, coach, you're crazy. Cause I'm never going to make that. I'm never going to go in there and do that. And, uh, <laughs> I can, I can remember a couple of years after I'd been in the pros, uh, I went in there and I told coach Donnelly, I, I just looked at him. I shook his hand and I sat down with him and talked to him and I said, Coach, I really appreciate what you did for me. I did not, uh, I really didn't understand what you were doing at the time, and I really didn't like you. But I really <laughs> appreciate, I really appreciate what you did for me. Just, you know, he he, tur- he, tur- he tur- took young guys that were very immature, and he made them into men. And I think that's the that's the mark of a true coach. Uh, you know, he he did it with tough love. Uh, you knew that he loved you, but man, he he just he was just so rough. He was so hard on the way that he did. And I don't even think he was hard on me. And, and he had already been at Middle Tennessee, uh, you know, a long time when I had gotten there. So he had kind of mellowed out. I'd, I'd heard back in the early 80s, man, he was rough. <laughs> and uh, it was just, I mean, it was just the way he was. And, and um, you know, but, you know, he, he molded us into something. And he molded you into a, 
a man. I mean, that's what he did. And that, and I think that's what football, you know, I think that's what football did. I think that's getting away from football a little bit, but there's still no other game like football. But those two guys, you know, Coach uh, Coach Robbins, which is my quarterback coach, and Coach Donnelly, um, you know, my head coach really molded me into what, you know, what I became and, and you know, along with my father. Uh, but, you know, so, some of the coaches that <clears throat> that molded me in, in the pros were – uh, you know, I can't really say many head coaches, but there were there are two guys that I really love. I got to talk about them a couple of years ago. Uh, is Bruce Arians, uh, and everybody knows who Bruce Arians is, and then Tom Moore. Uh, those two guys really molded me a, a lot in in my philosophy in football. Uh, about you know just you know Tom Moore was my offensive coordinator in Indianapolis, and then uh, you know Bruce Bruce Arians was my quarterback coach in Indianapolis, and then he became my offensive coordinator when I went to the Browns, but those guys, you know, Bruce is a very innovative guy. He's, he's, you know, he, he gets to the point, you know, he gets to the point and he was kind of like, he was kind of like a little bit of coach Donnelly and coach Robbins for me, uh, you know, Br- Bruce, he don't pull any punches about it and he still does it to this day. And I think that's what guys like. I mean, he don't care who he yells at. He's going to yell at somebody. And uh, I think that's what, you know, I think that's what makes him who he is. And then Tom Moore just, you know, he just has been around football since, you know, he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers when they won four. I don't think he won four. I think he won two. But, you know, in the in the 70s when they, you know, when they were winning all their Super Bowls, uh, you know, he learned a lot from Chuck Noll and he brought that along with him. And, you know, I think they, you know, his philosophy was it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmys and Joes. And when you teach the Jimmys and Joes what they need to do, then you're going to win a lot of games. And, and I can remember being in the huddle one time and he said, you know, and he talks crazy, but he said, I, I, I can turn around to the defense and I'll tell the defense what we're running. And if we run it better than they can defend it, then we win, you know? So that's, uh, that's how Tom, you know, and that's, I mean, Tom was very simple and that's, that's what I try to do while I'm coaching here at a high school. I mean, it's, it was very simple what he did. I mean, we just ran things over and over and over again, and we got really good at that. And then when we get in a game and the defense adjusts to us, well, we've already run this, a thousand times we just hey, we just adjust to what they're doing and you know I think that's what the genius of Tom Moore was I mean he didn't you know every week we used to go in and you know our, our game plan really never changed uh, now Bruce would get up there on the board because Bruce is kind of like a mad scientist and he would have like three or four di- different you know play actions for us but other than that our, our our game plan never changed and that's what I really got from from uh Tom Moore but those guys really you know, they believed in me, you know, Bruce had a book that just came out and I was in the book, you know, and I, I think I remind him a lot of himself, you know, cause I never got, I never was given anything when I made it to the pros, I always had to work for everything that I got. And I think Bruce saw myself and him and, um, you know, those guys mean a lot to me because they believed in me. And that's, that's the reason that I spent 13 years in the national football league. Kelly, you've kind of touched on your NFL career just a little bit here, but Going from high school to college is obviously a transition for a lot of guys, and a lot of guys make that transition. But what was it like, and what was the biggest adjustment for you going from a college quarterback then to the NFL? Uh, I think just the speed of the game. People don't understand the speed of the game. Uh, it's just so, guys are so fast. And I came from a small, you know, I, I was a small school. Uh, you know, they're Division One now, but, you know, they're they're lower class. Uh, you know, they're not one of the top five conferences. but you know, when I was there, it was one double A, and and 
you know, I, I can remember uh, going from high school to college, and I can remember the first uh, the first scrimmage that we had, and I was sitting back there watching with some of the other freshman quarterbacks, and I, I couldn't believe the speed of the game that changed from high school to college. And then nowadays, I mean, it's still, you know, the speed of the game is just so unbelievable because everybody can run, everybody is athletic, everybody is big. Uh, and and the speed of the game is just and the and really where the speed picks up is the defensive line. Um, you know you, you're used to cornerbacks and you're used to some linebackers being able to run, but man, those defensive linemen can. I mean, I, I was with Courtney Brown uh, when I was with the Cleveland Browns. Courtney Brown was the number one pick, and that that guy was he was when he took his shirt off, he looked like a dead gum DB. <laughs> and then the guy could run. I mean, he could. I mean, he was 270 pounds, and he could run a four or five. So, I mean, I'm like, it's just like he was 6'5", 270, 275, and could run a 4540. I mean, that's just, I mean, people don't understand how big those guys are and how fast they are. And that, that's just, I think that's the big thing. Even when you come from a, even when you come from a big school, uh, Clemson, Alabama, now they, those guys have a lot of NFL talent, obviously. And it's, you know, but even when you come from t- the Tennessees of the world and the Miamis of the world, you don't understand. Like I can remember, you know, when I was uh, when I was, I think it was my first or my first or second year. I can't remember, but we were playing Buffalo, and I ended up playing for Buffalo. But we were playing Buffalo, and I was watching Bruce Smith, and Bruce Smith was a big old boy, and that dude was quick as a cat when he came off the line of scrimmage, because there was those left tackles and those tackles. It was hard for them to block him because he was so fast off the ball. And obviously went into the Hall of Fame, and obviously one of the greatest defensive ends to ever play the game. But you know, just the speed of the game that you know every average, average everyday people don't understand how big and how fast guys are. And uh, you know, I tell some of these kids that I coach here, because you know, those offensive linemen that you're that you're around, I mean, they're so ginormous, they're so big, man, they're so enormous. I mean, I, I would play with a couple of guys that. You know, their shoulders, I mean, they're six seven, and their shoulders are, I mean, as wide as a dead gum small car. And you can't, I mean, it's it's just, uh, I mean, just people just don't understand the size and the speed of those guys. I can't reiterate it enough. It's just, uh, man, it's, it's unbelievable. And to be a quarterback and to stand behind those guys and then somebody barreling down on you that's, that's 300 pounds as a nose guard and can run you down. You know, now some of these some of these quarterbacks, you know, with the Russell Wilsons of the world and the Patrick Mahomes of the world. I mean, I wasn't that guy. I mean, when they came after me, I threw the ball away. I was not trying to outrun them. <laughs> you know, but uh, it, just the speed of the game is totally different. Coach, you've kind of mentioned here a little bit in the the rest the early parts of the interview about the influence of Bruce Arians on you, um, and you did mention that he did dedicate a chapter to you in his book, The Quarterback Whisper. Um, so, with your 13 career year career in the NFL. Um, what mindset and preparation does it go into becoming, first of all, a, a starting quarterback, but then also a successful backup quarterback in the NFL? Well, I mean, you know, sometimes it's, man, it's, it's really, you know, it re- it's really tough, really tough being a backup uh, because you don't get, you know, when I was behind Peyton, I, I never got any reps. <laughs> Uh, you, you don't you, you don't get any reps. You, and nowadays, people are carrying two quarterbacks. I mean, that, you know, when I was playing, they always carried three, and now they're starting to carry two quarterbacks. So, you know, the backup quarterback is the one that has to. Now, I'm sure they probably got maybe, maybe some on practice squad, but you know, the backup quarterback has to, you know, do all the scout team stuff for the, um, you know, for the defense. So, 
it's um I don't know, it's a tough mindset. You've got to be prepared as a starter, uh, but you don't know if you're going to play. So sometimes you can slack on that, and I, I'll, I'll give an example of that. When I was when I was uh, with Indianapolis, uh, and I think it, uh, it might have been my rookie year, I was behind Jim Harbaugh and Paul Justin. Well, Harbaugh got hurt, and Paul Justin came in and played, and then Paul got hurt, and then, I was, then, then Jim came back. So it was the last game of the year. And Jim was playing, and it was in Minnesota. Uh, and I played for Minnesota, too. It's crazy. But it was in Minnesota, and it was at the Metrodome, and that was the loudest place I've ever played. And I can remember the night before, we were 3-12, and 12, and I could not wait to go home. And Jim just so happened to get hurt in, like, the second quarter, and I had to go in and play the game. And John Randall and all those guys, they were really good back then. And John Randall's a Hall of Famer. I'm still to this day scared of John Randall. <laughs> uh, but I, I got in for like probably 15 snaps. And I had like five turnovers because I was not prepared to play. I was ready to go home. And I was a young kid. And the guy that was doing the game on TV was Jim Mora. And Jim Mora became the coach after Lindy and Fonny got fired the next year. And I can remember the first meeting I had with Jim Morrill was, I can remember uh, the last game I did on TV was your game against Minnesota. And I'm like, oh, great. I have a shot of making this team, you know, because I was not prepared to play. And it was lucky that I stayed in the NFL as long as I did after that one game because guys that, you know, that came in like I did and that go in and do what I did that game uh, don't get many second chances like I got. I knew if I got another, you know, I knew if I had another chance, I knew I could play, but it's, it's hard because when you're not, you know, a top pick, uh, you know, it's hard to, you know, to find your way. And after you have a game like that, it's hard to find your way too. So uh, that, that was tough, but it's just so hard for a, it's just so hard for a backup sometimes, man, you got to have a different mindset because you're not sure if you're going to play, but, but if you do, the coaches, the players, the fans, everybody expects you to go into to the game and not miss a beat. And you have not practiced. You have not rep with those receivers. You have not rep with those tight ends. You know, it's uh, it's just a tough deal. And, uh, you know, the mindset of a, of a starters, you know, it's different because you know you're going to play and you know you're going to get all the, you know, you're going to get all the reps during the week. Uh, you just got to hone your skill and, you know, know what the defense is doing to you, know what adjustments you got to make. Uh, but you know, those those two mindsets are totally different. And and you know, it's it's tough on a backup because people expect you to do the same thing that the starter does, but you get no reps. And uh, that's that's a tough mindset, and you got to be mentally tough. But I'm glad that I went to the school that I did. You know, and just just recap earlier what I said. I'm glad that I had a coach that was so demanding on me in college and gave me, got me mentally tough. Whereas I could do that. Kelly, since you retired from the NFL, you've spent some time as a color commentator for uh, middle Tennessee state. And then sometimes as an assistant football coach at the high school level, uh, what interest do you have getting involved in coaching and what has been the most rewarding part of this experience for you? Uh, well, when I got out of football, I knew I, I couldn't go cold Turkey off of football because I've been around it my whole life. So I, I went back and I, you know, I did do some games I did do some games, and I enjoy commentating. I do. I do the high school games here on TV uh, every year and uh, where we have them. Um, so I do enjoy that. Uh, I did it for five years, 
but but it started getting you know it started getting old because I, I didn't really want to be you know we had to go out to BYU you know a couple of times and had to go you know to some far off places and we had to leave on Friday and I just I didn't dig it uh, so I decided to try to you know I, I never really wanted to coach guys I never really wanted to get into it because I know how demanding it is especially in the National Football League. Uh, you know, and in college, you have to put so much time, you have to put so much effort into it. Uh, and I think they make it harder than it really is. I mean, I know that you, you want to be successful and maybe we can get into that, but you know, I, I think those guys make it, you know, there's really no need to spend the night in your office. Uh, there's really no need to meet to three or four o'clock in the morning. I mean, like, what are we, you know, what are we doing? Uh, you know, and that's why I just, I, I've, I've had the opportunity to go, I had the opportunity two years ago to go with Bruce to Arizona. He wanted to interview me for for the quarterbacking job, and I, I've got you know I've got uh, two I've got three children. My oldest one did not play ball, but I've got my two younger ones. My my daughter, one of my daughters, and my uh, my son both play. My son plays all three sports: football, baseball, and basketball. My daughter plays basketball. So I told Bruce, I'm like I'm I'm you know I'm 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 not ready to do that yet. I really enjoy coaching. Uh, I enjoy coaching the high school kids, but I'm not ready to go full force into that because those guys, you know, I, I know a lot of the guys now, a lot of coaches, um, you know, and I was uh, I was talking to one of my coaches just to give you all a for instance, but he was with the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, I was talking to him about it one day and he said, yeah, I'll just give you a for instance. We went into a we went into a pass game meeting and we sat in there for six hours and we came up with nothing new. And see, that's just, I, I, I can't do that, guys. I mean, I just, I, I mean, for what, for who? I mean, you know, football is not that hard, you know, and I know that we make it harder than it is. I mean, there's, you know, when you're a quarterback, there's either, there's either one middle safety, there's either two middle safeties, or they're bringing everybody and they're playing cover zero, which there's no safety. All right, that's really what you're going to get. You're going to get man-to-man, you're going to get man-free. We, you know, we can talk about that stuff all day, you know, but, it's either middle of the field close, it's middle of the field open, or they're bringing more than you can block and you got to get rid of it. You know, and that's, I mean, uh, you know, I know that there's more more to it than goes into that, but I just think, you know, I, I just was scared to make that jump with Bruce. But I, I enjoy coaching. I never wanted to get into it. But the reason I did get into it, because I think that uh, people nowadays don't really know what they're doing, uh, you know, on the lower levels. Uh, you know, I, I was seeing that over and over. You know, when I grew up, you know, you learn the fundamentals of the game. You learn how to tackle people. You learn how to throw. You learn drop. You learn how to, you know, your your feet are what make every football player, whether it's a, you know, whether it's a quarterback, whether it's a receiver, whether it's a linebacker, whether it's a – it doesn't matter. Your your feet better be good. And, you know, people I, – I see so many coaches, you know, just tell a kid, you know, maybe going to block him, just, just tell him, hey, you got him. Well, that's great. You got him. Well, how do you, how do I go get him? You know, I mean, there's, there's more to it than just going to get him, you know, and that's what I, that's what I started seeing. And that's why I really got into it. I, I enjoy being around kids. I'm good with kids. Uh, I think kids need to need mentors nowadays. And I, I, you know, that's the reason that I got into it. I got into it because I wanted to be around them. I wanted to, you know, and I wanted to, you know, show them what all these coaches have shown me and, and try to make them into mold them into men. Uh, that's really why I did it. I didn't get it into I didn't get into it to win and lose games. I mean, I, you know, obviously you want to win games and winning is a lot 
you know, it's a lot better. Steak tastes a lot better when you win, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Coke tastes a lot better, you know, when you, when you win, uh, you know, things taste, you know, things taste better when you win, things are better when you win. But, uh, you know, I didn't get in, I didn't get into it for that. I got into it to try to help mold kids into young men and to, to teach kids the game of football that I love. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's another game like it. Kelly, as we wrap things up here a little bit, if you had to give one piece of advice to aspiring quarterbacks who maybe want to one day play either Division One football or maybe hopefully make it to the NFL, what would your one piece of advice be to them? Are you sure that that's what you want to play? <laughs> uh, I, you know, um, being a quarterback is tough. I mean, people don't understand how tough it is. I mean, that's why, you know, that's why I think it's the hardest, hardest position in sports, in all of sports. Uh, and that's why those guys get paid all the money that they get paid because, you know, you, there's so many things that you have to do. You have to be prepared. You have to watch film. You have to know what everybody on your side of the ball is doing. Uh, you got to be able to adjust on the fly. You've got to be able to, um, you have to be able to understand protections, understand where you're protected from and who's not protected. You know, you, you have to be able to, you have to be a good communicator. Um, you, you have to be willing to take a lot of criticism. You have to, uh, be willing to get booed. Um, you know, you have to be willing to be the bad cop. Uh, and that being, you know, when things go wrong, you have to be willing to get on to somebody. You have to be willing to, you know, and that's, and I, I think in today's society that has really, you know, and I, and I said this earlier, you know, times were different, but you know, guys are guys nowadays, uh, are unwilling to say things to people. Uh, but you know, if you're like, you know, a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning, you got to be willing to get in a guy's face when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Now, with that being said, you better make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. But those guys do, you know, those guys put in all the amount of work, you know, the Drew Brees of the world, the Tom Brady's of the world, uh, Aaron Roddy, you know, all those guys are putting in time uh, to make themselves better. And are you willing to do that as a young quarterback? Are you willing to, stay late? Are you willing to get up early? Are you willing to watch more film? Are you willing to say something to somebody that's not doing what they're supposed to be doing? Uh, you know, and it, it, that's what I'm saying. It's tough being a quarterback. Uh, you know, not everybody wants that. Everybody thinks, Hey, they, they see all the glitz and glamor, but they don't see the, you know, they don't see the weight room. They don't see you getting stronger. They don't see you in the, you know, in the quarterback meetings, they don't see you, watching film by yourself to all hours of the night. They don't see you, you know, having to get on to people. Uh, they don't see you having to, uh, you know, get booed. Uh, that's just, I mean, it's just such a demanding position uh, that, you know, there's, it, you know, and I talked about it earlier, you know, I, all this seven-on-seven seven is getting, this, these seven-on-seven seven camps are getting, you know, more every year they get more and more people doing it, more and more, and and, and I don't like it. You know, I, I don't like it. And I'm I'm probably gonna throw some philosophy off to you guys right now. I don't I don't like them, but you know, my son's a quarterback, and you know that's how kids are getting recruited nowadays. And you know, unfortunately, at some point I'm gonna have to put my son in it. I don't like them because you don't really know what a kid's like just out there in shorts and a t-shirt and throwing the ball around, and nobody's gonna hit you. You know, I want to see somebody that there's a linebacker that got blitzed 
and the guard didn't pick him up or the back didn't pick him up, and you got a seam route going down the middle of the field wide open, but there's a linebacker that's bearing down on you and nobody's blocked him. Are you going to stay in there and take that hit? Are you going to get your nose bloodied and you're going to make that throw or can you? And there's a lot of people – I mean, that's what makes quarterbacks what they are. I mean, they got to be willing to sit in there and take that take that punishment and deliver the football. And the good ones can do that. The ones that are not very good can't do that. And that's why it's so important to get – I mean, all the, all the good teams in the National Football League have good quarterbacks. I mean, there's a reason because there's a reason why that you know there's been perennial teams that are in the playoffs every year. There's a reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers are there every year because, and they've only had three three coaches. They've only you know like Chuck Noll and and uh, Bill Cowher, and now they've got Mike Tomlin. I mean, there's so much consistency in that organization. And I had to play them every year, but they've always had people at the quarterback position. You know, and and that's just, I mean, that's how demanding and that's how key that position is. And that's why those guys get paid all that money. So, you know, it's it's a great, it's a great job. I loved it. I loved every bit of it, but it's so demanding. And, you know, there's not many people in the world that can do it. There's not many people that can stand in there when somebody's bearing down on you and going to knock the trash out of you. Can you, can you deliver under those kind of circumstances? And there's not many that can do it. And that's, that's what I tell young kids nowadays. You know, you, you, you get you can see that as a coach. I see that all the time. But you just see a kid that, hey man, he's got all the but can he stand in there and then no he can't or yes he can. And that's that's what I love about the sport. That's what I love about the position. Kelly, we have one last question for you. Um it's kind of a tradition on our show and it is not football related on any level. Um all right. So if you had a walk-up song, if you were a professional baseball player or a professional wrestler, um, oh, what, wow. would, what would your song be? And you, and you got to tell us why. Wow, man. That's uh, you know, and I'll probably go back to this and I actually do a, and the one thing that comes to mind and I'm, I'm a, I, I enjoy music, but I can't think of things on my, on the top of my head like that. I'd have to sit down and think about it, but I do have one and it's because I do a radio show. I do a radio show down here every uh, every week, and it's really not uh, – it's just for 30 minutes and uh, during the football season, and it's called Silly Underdog Picks. And we, you know, pick underdogs of the, of the college games, and you have to win outright to get the points, you know. So I've been doing that for about 10 or 11 years, but my, my, uh, my walk-up song has always been A Country Boy Can Survive from hank williams jr so i think that's uh I, I think that's pretty fitting for me i mean I, I haven't changed the song they they always ask me if i want to change it and i don't so i think that's kind of fitting for me you know a country boy can't survive because where i'm from is country fellas <laughs> and uh you know i I, t- I tell kids when i go speak to them all the time you know because where i live now is a you know is a, it's really a suburb of nashville and we've gotten really big here but where i where i'm from man there's not many people and it's really country. It's on the Alabama border. It's right next to Huntsville, Alabama, and, and uh, you know it is country. So I, I would say that uh, you know I'd say that that probably have to still be my walk-off song. Now, you know I, I know that that probably wouldn't go over well because I like Thunderstruck and all that stuff, and people would be like, "Is this dude serious?" <laughs> you know, with this with this song, you know, I'd pro- I'd probably come up with a rock and roll song if I had to actually do it, but. You know, if, uh, you know, I'm talking to you guys, you know, that would probably be my, uh, you know, that'd probably been my deal. Hank Williams Jr., a country boy can't survive because, you know, I survived a long time and, you know, I was the, I was, uh, you know, I was from a small town in Tennessee. I went to a small 
uh, school in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And, uh, you know, I survived for 13 years. And I feel like I could have survived some more, but I kind of got tired of it. And I can't believe that I actually got tired of football, which I, I still love to this day. But I got tired of I got tired of playing, and I never thought that would have happened. I uh, probably could have squeezed me some more years out of there, but I did survive. So that's probably my walk-off song, guys. 